Hey y'all, this is Lucia Palazzi here for Learning 360. Uh, today my guest is Amika Williams. She is the Senior Director for Payroll Services. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I am happy to be here to talk to our employees about all that we have to offer here in the payroll department. So payroll, gosh, um, a lot of this information that we're going to talk about today is ever-changing and evolving. So, um, you know, this podcast is going to be out for a while, and uh, but if there's anything that you need that's urgent, um, either call payroll or, or go to the TRS website. That that would help you uh, there. But but we're going to get started today. So, what are some of the services that pa the payroll department offers? So, of course, we do have to uh, process the semi-monthly payrolls. That's our primary responsibility to do that timely and accurately. And just for the record, check dates are on the 15th and the last day of the month. Surprisingly, we get a ton of questions about, hey, you know, what was my pay on the paycheck that we get at the first of the month? So we don't have a first of the month payroll. I think people seem to uh, see, seem to think that sometimes because it is at the end of the month. Maybe they're not checking their bank account until the first of the month. But really, the check dates are on the 15th and the last day of the month. And if either of those days fall on the weekend, then that previous Friday becomes check date. So we do process the semi-monthly payrolls, of course. And then some of the other services that we offer offer are um, changes of general information, so changes of your last name, change of address, we take care of those. Direct deposit authorizations and cancellations, employment verification requests, so if you're looking to get a loan for a house or you need your employment verified, we take care of that in payroll. We process W-2s, uh, we do handle employee leaves and docs as well as extra duty and substitute pay, and then of course we handle the TRS reporting, so that's the Teacher Retirement System of Texas. Um, and then we also do all of the payroll deductions in the payroll department. And of course, that's just kind of like, you know, the short list. That's a, that's a lot. I didn't realize. Like, I didn't personally <laughs> realize, you know, I take for granted, I think we all take for granted, like our checks just come twice a month and we're really happy about it. <laughs> but there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes with all that. Yes. And also, you know, if you move, um, if you change apartments or whatever, definitely notify you guys so that that's current. I didn't even think of that. Yes, yes. And so that's, and a lot of people who get direct deposit don't necessarily think of their address change because right. of course their checks come straight to the bank, you know, twice yeah. a month. But every now and then the board approves a nice little, you know, incentive. Like last Christmas, we got a retention incentive. Yeah, we did. Um, of course, like our service awards, sometimes those come in the form of paper checks. And so if you're not at your campus that day and that gets mailed to the house you were at 10 years ago, then now you have to go trying to find your check or request another one. So it's always super beneficial to keep your address up to date with the district because you never know what's going to get sent out from payroll and right. finding a check in the mail is always nice for someone. And that's going to make your day, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, so um, that's a short list of what payroll does. What are some of the deductions that are taken out of employee paychecks? Okay, so of course when you look at your check you see the gross amount and that's really exciting and then you see the net amount and it's like, hey, where'd all my money go? <laughs> so there are several different types of deductions that we take out of employees' checks. Um, some of our mandatory deductions, the ones that we can't get around, 
um, that will reduce an employee's wages are, of course, federal income tax, Medicare, our TRS member contribution, and along with our member contribution, we also pay into the TRS member care contribution, which is the portion that takes care of your insurance um, once you retire from the district. There's also what we call legal deductions like student loan repayments, child support, bankruptcy, and then we have our voluntary deductions like the Education Foundation. If you choose to make a donation to the foundation, we can take that from your paycheck. If you are with an education association and you need to pay dues, we can take those from your paycheck like with the Texas Counseling Association the Association of Professional Educators or Texas Classroom Teachers. Um, we can take all of those dues straight from your check and we will pay it directly to those associations. Um, and we also do United Way donations annually. We have employees who will do donate to the United Way and we can make those deductions straight from your check and send it over to United Way. Um, also, annually, we, our employees do choose what type of benefits plans they want, and of course those come directly from, the, from their checks as well. Okay, cool. So you guys, on top of everything else, you have to worry about, you know, personalized deductions, in other words, for every single employee. Right, right. Oh and luckily, luckily we have a great system that helps us out with that a lot, but there are a lot of moving pieces when it right. comes to paying employees and making sure that everyone's pay is accurate, all of the deductions are accurate, and then that it gets to the bank and into those accounts on time. So, and that's why it's important for everybody to review their paychecks, right? And yes, make, yes. Make sure the deductions are correct. Exactly, and, and you would be surprised how many people, um, you know, how, how many people don't look at their checks. You know, it's kind of uh, out of sight, out of mind. It comes to my bank account. I know it's gonna be there twice a month, so, you know, I'm just waiting for it to hit the bank account. Um, and we take that very seriously because on one hand, we do want our employees to look at their checks, of course. We want you to know what you're being paid. We want you to know what's being taken out of your check. Um, so on the other side of that, um, like I said, we take it very seriously. There are some people who rely solely on us to make sure it's all correct. Right. And like you said, that's a lot of employees, a lot of deductions. and so. Um, we take a lot of pride in making sure that those deposits are on time and that they're accurate. Okay, so what's the difference between state leave and local leave? I've always had a question about this. You know, I, I get a cold and I need to stay home for one day and then, I, you know, I get reminded, oh, make sure you put it in teams and I do, but I always hesitate because I don't know where to take take it out the, the day from. Right. So what, what should we use first? Okay, so that's a great question. So um, I've been with the district for 10 years now and started off in the classroom. And honestly, I felt the same way. I had no idea. I'm like, woohoo, 10 days, wow. 10 paid days at that. I was thinking, you know, where can I go on a vacation? Like I need to use these days. Um, so that's kind of a two part question for us. So first I'm gonna start with the difference, like you said, between the state and local leave. So state leave is paid leave that we're given by the state of Texas. So each district employee receives five days per year and the state leave is transferable in the state of Texas if an employee decides to leave or separate from the district. So that's our state leave, days that are given by the state. Keep in mind, of course, both of these types of leave are paid leave. So the local leave is provided by the district. It's provided here locally by Galena Park. Each employee receives days each year 
based upon the number of days they're scheduled to work in the duty year. So our 10-month employees receive five days of local leave. Our 11-month employees receive six days of local leave. The local leave days are paid upon retirement at a special daily rate based upon the number of years of service the employee has. However, local leave days are not transferable if the employee separates from the district. So the biggest thing is local leave is given here locally by Galena Park. It stays here with Galena Park. If you retire, the nice thing is that Galena Park's gonna pay you for those days. That's awesome. Um, unfortunately, nothing happens with the state days. But if you leave, they don't go with you. The okay. state days, on the other hand, if you retire with Galena Park and you have a million state days, you don't get paid for those. Right. So nothing happens. With so them. it depends upon your situation as to which you should use. Exactly. So if I have been here for 35 years, I know I'm going to retire with Galena right. Park. I'm saving my local days. Right. Um, if I know that, hey, you know, I'm a first year teacher, I could wind up somewhere else. I might not retire with Galena Park. I might use my local days so that if I go, you know, to Umbo, I go to Sheldon, go to C. Kink, I could take those days with me. Okay. So that's the that's the biggest difference there. And my, I guess I have another follow-up question with, with the local leave. So is this something that Galena Park, that, you know, they pay us for this. Is this something that is special to Galena Park as like a thank you for being with us for so long kind of bonus uh, that other districts may not provide? Well, it's definitely something that is not required by every district. So okay. it is in our board policy and regulations that we do get paid for those days. I have not seen that every school district pays employees. Because that's a wonderful um, perk. It is, and it is an incentive for you to, you stay. know, yeah, to stay here and, you know, use your days when you need them, but maybe not like most of our new teachers. You know, you think, well, I have 10 days, so I'm just going to use them every year. Um, and so kind of to put a pin in that, also with that mindset, if you're using your days annually and at the end of the year you're not having any days remaining, if an employee has to go on FMLA, let's say, the only way that you continue to get paid is if you have paid leave. Right. Um, FMLA will cover your job, so you're not going to lose your job just because you had to go on leave. But if you have to go on leave and you don't have any days left, you'll have your job when you come back, but while you're out, you don't get any pay. Um, so that's one thing that we like to make sure employees are aware of. Those paid leave days cover your pay. And so it's good to hang on to whatever you can. Just in case. Just in case. You never know you what never might know. happen. And so, um, of course, though, like you said, the mindset for which types of days to use first definitely depends on your individual situation and what your plans are with the district or in regards to possibly going elsewhere. Well, I better save my local days then because I'm not planning on going anywhere. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's pivot a little bit. Uh, you know, I've heard something, I've heard this term, uh, an annuity, and, and I just, you know, I've never really looked into it, I should have, but can you talk to us about what is an annuity? Sure, sure. So I guess the simplest way to describe it, and I did get some help from my friends and benefits and with our third party administrator to make sure that I'm answering um, these questions correctly, but also where our employees can easily understand them. So an annuity is pretty much a supplemental retirement account that you can have in addition to your TRS benefits. Um, so it has nothing to do with TRS. Um, I wouldn't say that having TRS would um, would determine if you need one or not. It's going to be supplemental on top of whatever you end up getting from TRS for retirement. Okay, so if if we have TRS, why would an employee need an annuity? 
Right, okay, so like I said, it'll be on top of TRS. So this allows you to save more money for your oh, retirement. Okay. So along with whatever you're getting from, from TRS, this annuity would also kick in. It shouldn't be seen as like another savings savings account as it's meant to use for retirement, not just, you know, to use throughout your lifetime. However, there is a hardship distribution allowance for certain instances set forth by the IRS as well as a loan provision. So even though it's not like a savings account that you can pull from, you know, periodically prior to retirement, should you have like a hardship or need a loan, uh, based on IRS guidelines, you could access funds from that annuity account. So that's not for me wanting to take a European cruise? No, no, okay. they're not going to let you pull out <laughs> money for the European cruise. Definitely not. Okay, so then what is a 403B? Okay, so a 403B plan, also known as a tax-sheltered annuity plan, it's a retirement plan for certain employees of public schools, like ourselves, um, employees of certain code section 501c3 organizations and ministers. So it applies to that entire group of employees. A 403b plan allows employees to contribute some of their salary to that particular type of plan. The biggest thing is that it's tax shelter. Okay, so I can pull that out and not have to pay taxes on it at a certain point? So um, the 403b in particular is the pre-tax. Okay, okay. So whenever you um, make your contributions, they're taken before taxes are taken out. Oh, I got it. Okay. And then so w what's a 403 Roth? So the Roth is the after-tax account. Oh, okay. So it's taken got it, got it. after taxes. Okay. Out. So the 403B is before, mm -hmm. the 403 Roth is after. Exactly. Got exactly. it. Okay. Okay. So what is the 457B? Okay, so the 457B and the 457 Roth are pretty much the same thing with the 403B. Both of the, the difference between both of those plans is going to be that the 457 is going to be the pre-tax version of that particular type of annuity and the Roth is going to be the after-tax version. And then just of course keep in mind with the after-tax version, it allows taxes to be taken out up front and allows you to take a distribution of funds without paying taxes on the distribution as long as the account is over five years old. So with the pre-tax, you're going to have to pay taxes on your distribution because you didn't pay taxes on that contribution up front. Right. Okay, so um, are there any other annuities that employees should be aware of? So for us as public school employees, the only thing that we have as an option is the 403B and the 457. Of course, you do have, you know, the Roth versions of both of those, mm -hmm. but those are going to be our only options since we do work for public school entities. Okay. And so let's talk about um, our, our new teachers, mm -hmm. okay? If an employee is in their first five years of employment, what should they begin to consider for their retirement? Okay, so the biggest thing is, um, as new employees, typically, and when we're talking about new employees, we think of, you know, like the teachers, the employees straight out of college, you know, right. this is their first job, and they're just getting started. And of course, you know, as younger adults, we don't necessarily start thinking about retirement. Right. The mindset is I like, wasn't. I definitely yeah. was not. It's like, you know, retirement, oh, that's forever away, you know, whenever I'm... I was trying to get my lesson plans in. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> I'll look at that in about 20 years right. or so. But now we're starting to see um, more younger adults, uh, new employees starting to look to retirement. They're trying to see how can I build up 
you know, a nest egg so that when I retire, I have these funds available. So I think that's a great mentality to have. Just like you said, I wish I had had that mindset, you know, as a first year teacher. So the first thing that they should start looking at is really just getting familiar with TRS. What is TRS? Um, what am I paying into? What are the interest rates? What is that going to look like for me whenever I do retire? Like we talked about with the annuities, along with TRS, what other forms of um, you know, retirement savings can I access or can I contribute to? Um, so that's the, that's the biggest thing is just to start to become as familiar as you can with, um, with what TRS is. We receive annual statements from TRS also. So just seeing what, what your account looks like, um, what the balance is there. TRS also has a My TRS portal, getting familiar with the portal, making sure your information stays up to date. Um, those are some of the things that uh, a new employee can start looking into to familiarize themselves with TRS. And so um, at what point would they be eligible for retirement? So if they're within their first five years, they wouldn't be eligible just yet. So in order to be eligible for retirement, you have to have five or more years with TRS. Okay, and, and I've heard something about the, this rule of 80. Can you talk uh, about this rule of, of 80? I, I heard that when I started, gosh, back in 2004. And uh, is that still the way it is today? And, and what does that mean? Yeah, sure. So the rule of 80 with TRS, um, you'll see that mentioned as you look on the TRS website when you're looking at retirement eligibility. So when we talk about normal age retirement, uh, the rule of 80 is when, you're comb when the combination of your age and service years total 80 with at least five years of service credit. So pretty much to be eligible for retirement at, an, at a normal age, they say that it's age 65 with five or more years of service. However, the rule of 80 kicks in if your age plus that years of service totals 80. So let's say for instance, I'm 60. I'm not, I don't meet, I'm not eligible for a retirement yet because my age is less than 65. But if I've worked for the district for 20 years, now my age plus my years of service equals 80. 80 so right. now I'm eligible under the rule of 80 okay. as opposed to based on my age and my years of service oh, being five it. years or more. Okay. Okay. And, uh, and I said 20 years with the district just because this is the only district I've worked for, but that's going to be 20 years with TRS. So it could be okay. 10 years here, 10 years at Humboldt to make my 20 years, but um, it's years of service. Okay. So let's fast forward. Uh, we talked about new teachers. Uh, let's talk about the veterans. Mm -hmm. What should an employee start preparing for if they're considering retirement in the next five years? I think the biggest thing, and I, the last time I talked with um, a TRS counselor, they just continue to emphasize to be early. You know, just like we said with um, being a new teacher and thinking, you know, oh, retirement, you know, that's not until 20, 30, 40 years from now. I'm sure those veteran teachers will say, I remember when I thought retirement was 40 years from now, and now it's five years. Now it's here. So yeah. the five years are going to go by so fast. So the thing that they emphasize the most is be early. Do your research. Make sure, just like with those new teachers, we want our vet veteran teachers to make sure they're as familiar as they can be with what TRS is going to look like with when they retire. What does my current account look like? What tier do I fall under? Because based on when we got into TRS, we're all in various tiers, and those tiers determine how the TRS annuity will be calculated 
once we retire. So we need to make sure we know what tier we're in. There's also tons of information on the TRS website. Like I mentioned earlier, there's the MyTRS portal, which is going to show information specific to us as employees for our specific accounts. There's also the TRS Benefits Handbook, and that gives everything you ever needed or wanted to know about TRS. What does TRS offer? What tier do I fall in? Um, how is my annuity going to work? All of that information is in the TRS handbook. So I think the biggest two things when planning for retirement within, five, within the next five years is going to be to be early, get that information as soon as you know that you're even thinking about retirement, retiring, and then to do your research. Make sure you're eligible, see what your account looks like, and go ahead and see how your annuities are going to be calculated. There's also really cool features like a TRS estimate calculator. Mm -hmm. I mean, I've only been working for 10 years, but I can go on there now and say I want to retire in 2042 what is my annuity going to look like. Wow, um, Even That's though, cool. of course, it's unrealistic because it's also based on like our most current salaries. Um, they will take your most current salaries now and say, okay, if the data was the same, this is what your annuity would look like if you retire in 2056. Right, know? but your salary will steadily increase. Right, right. So you can take that as kind of like a minimum number. Like right. if I do want to retire in the next 20 years, of course I would hope that my salary continues to increase. But if I were to do it with these salaries, this is what, you know, what it this would look like. This is what it would look like. Exactly. So what are some things that employees should take into consideration when planning for retirement? So the other really nice thing about TRS is they, they have a planning for retirement document. It's pretty much cool. like a flow chart and it tells you, it starts with, I think it's like 10 to 12 months out, what should you be doing? Six months out, what should you be doing? And then like a month out, what should you be doing? So it gives you step by step, what do I need to do? And it's also cool because it has links in it. The first thing that it tells you to do is to access the TRS estimator and you can click on that link and it'll take you directly to where you log into the MyTRS portal and you can do like we talked about just now you can estimate what it's going to look like um, and it has other really good links in that document so once the employee actually begins to plan for retirement and TRS does ask that the employee make contact with them at least six months prior to the anticipated retirement date but the website that has that planning for retirement document provides all of the necessary steps starting, like I said, with 10 to 12 months out. So using that retirement calculator and submitting the request for estimate of retirement benefits are the first two steps that they ask for you to take when you're even, you know, thinking about it a year out, let's say. And then TRS will then mail you the employee retirement packet, which provides all of the official information and documents that they require for you to submit and request for retirement. That's good. So they guide you through from beginning to end. Exactly. Exactly. There's also tons of uh, videos, educational videos, uh, publications, brochures, handouts everything that you need to prepare for retirement is on the website. It's at our fingertips. We just have to access it. Okay, excellent. And so I've always had this question, how does moving out of state affect retirement with TRS? So what if, uh, you know, I'm, I've worked here for 10 years and then I decide to, to move to Florida, mm -hmm. okay? How is that going to affect my retirement in you know, X number of years. Okay, so if you're a member and you move out of state and you haven't retired yet and you haven't requested to refund your account, the money is gonna remain in that account and it's 
I mean, it's pretty much just going to sit there. The nice thing is that as long as you've worked more than five years, there's a 2% interest that you gain on that annually. So, I mean, mm. it's just sitting there. It's gaining interest. Should you come back and work for the state of Texas in a school district and you start contributing again, we always look up for our new teachers to see if they've had a TRS account in the past. Right. So it's not like when you come back, you start a new account. No, you start contributing back into that account that you started when you were originally with the district. So in essence, there's no impact. Even if an employee retires and then moves to another state, they're still gonna be able to access their annuities. As long as they make sure that their address and direct deposit information is up to date with TRS, um, they won't see any interruption in receiving that annuity if they've already retired and have started receiving the annuity from TRS. That's good. All right, so who should employees contact if they need more information about any of these things we talked about today? So of course, like we mentioned at the beginning, if they have any questions at all regarding to Galena Park um, payroll items, the services that I've mentioned, paycheck questions, I mean, anything that they can think of that's dealing with payroll or their paycheck, they can give us a call at extension 1273, or they can email us at payroll at galenaparkisd.com. Um, the email works great. It reaches a few of us there in the department and then we answer their questions as soon as possible or we pass it on to a member of the team who can answer it. Also, if they have questions specific to TRS and to their retirement, we ask that they contact TRS directly. Um, there's contact information as well as FAQ documents that can be found on the TRS website, which is trs.texas.gov. Um, they have TRS counselors there. Uh, there's, like I said, tons of information. Your My TRS account. So the TRS website is going to be the best place to get all of the up-to-date TRS information. Awesome. Thank you so much, Amika, for spending your morning with me. And uh, stay tuned for our topic next time on Learning 360. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it.